My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. I have two terms for you, Ally McBeal and car wash. If you have watched the popular TV series, which you can now find on Netflix and everywhere else, starring Callista Flockhart, those words paired together might make you a little bit hot and bothered. You may even have a substantial girl boner right now. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and today we are going to explore fantasies, including women's favorites and a whole lot more with an award-winning adult film star I can't wait to introduce you all to. First, a little story I shared on my blog a few years ago from my modeling days with a few names changed for privacy. So it's New York City, and I'm sitting in an apartment full of models who I don't particularly click well with. Mika, the lanky Japanese fashionista, is nibbling her day's solitary meal, which consisted of a cream cheese top bagel that she would eat in these like slow motion, like swirling the cheese on top and taking one bite at a time. It was kind of mesmerizing for me. A hip Parisian who loved partying named Katya. She's smoking cigarettes and guzzling down her dinner, which is beer, while gossiping too loudly on the phone. And I'm reading some book, probably a thriller. And then there's Jamie, this surfer dudette from probably LA who grabs the remote and she's like, dude, Allie's on. And in a second, all of us who are in our own little worlds, we snap to the screen. Like our eyes go straight in and we are united in girl boner glory, staring with our mouths gaping open. We are maybe drooling a little because the star of the show, Allie, is in a drive through car wash. Her eyes lock with the mechanic who's standing outside her window very seductively. No words were exchanged, but holy smokes were they communicating. There's pheromones everywhere. Their glances were so strong, and suddenly the car is no longer the wettest thing around, if you know what I mean. Within seconds, Allie and hot mechanic man are entangled and groping each other and kissing as though their lives depend on it. Allie had been taken by a complete stranger and was savoring every heart-pounding moment. I really don't remember what happened after that. Sorry to disappoint anyone, but there was no model orgy. But for days, I couldn't get that scene out of my head. And as a, quote, good girl, of course, I felt guilty about that. I'm so happy to say that fantasies are no longer on my avoid list. And that's a really good thing. Unless our fantasies interfere with our relationships or well-being, they make way for so many benefits, such as stress relief, faster arousal time, erotic stimulation, and increased spice in our sex lives. Speaking of fantasies, I am so thrilled to have Kendra Sunderland, porn star named Vixen Angel of the Year here. She's going to gab with me about fantasies, which I'm sure she stars in many, and more. Thanks for being here, Kendra. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. I would love to hear a bit about your early journey. When you were growing up, what did you learn about sex and sexuality? 
Um, mostly that it was not supposed to be talked about. I was kind of like, just the way that my family was, we weren't really open about those kinds of things. So I felt like I had to hide it a lot. And I used to get in trouble for like watching naughty videos. And so I kind of felt like it was not something you're supposed to be open about. And then I was just always really open about it with my friends and that like they would call me weird for it and stuff like that. And then as I grew older, I realized that it's, it's pretty normal to have fantasies like that and to be open about your sexuality. It's more empowering than it is bad. Yes, absolutely. Did you realize that before you started working in the adult film industry or was this something that the industry helped you realize? Um, I would say it was before, like throughout high school. I guess I kind of had a reputation for being a slut and I just didn't really see why. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you slept with someone and then never talked to them again. But it's like if I liked them, I would have continued to talk to them and I didn't. And um, I just had that reputation and I was always really open with my friends and I was always just really sexual and like an open person and I felt like it was weird. They made me feel weird for it. And then as I branched out and like went to college and stuff, it was normal. And then as I got in the industry, I was like, this is just completely normal. Beautiful. And you had a really interesting start. Tell us how you became (laughs) the star you are. Um, I did a webcam show. I was um, in front of my computer, like doing naughty things for viewers in um, my school library. And then um, two months later, someone found it and posted it with my full real name. And it just it blew up. It was on the news and everything. And I got charged with public indecency. (laughs) And um, it just blew up after that. And that's how I got into the industry. And did you feel attacked and violated or was it kind of, I guess you grew up with that kind of shaming. You weren't surprised. Yeah, sort of shaming. Um, I None of the, like, the people shaming me for it bothered me because I just kind of felt like it was ridiculous that they were taking it so seriously. But um, I was just shocked because I was just sitting there at my house and then I started getting all these notifications and finding out that the video was going around. So I think I was just more shocked and like, is this really happening? Than I was worried about what people were saying. Interesting. And what was it like getting into the industry after that? What was your first job like? Um, It was cool. I started off doing appearances and conventions and stuff like that. I think I rode the library thing as long as I could. Um, it was really, it was really cool. I went to my first convention and everyone was just really open and like, it was normal to be sexual. And it was just like, I felt like I really belonged there. And that's what I was missing when I was in college. I hated college. And it was just like, yeah, it was fun to hook up with people and do whatever and do crazy parties. But I wanted something more to where it was more normal because people would still talk about you if you were sexual at parties and even though everyone was doing it. And the library thing. So you became known as Library Girl. Tell us about that. (laughs) It was definitely very interesting. I didn't plan it. Um, It just kind of happened. I was just like my second day of webcamming and they're like, you'd make more money if you went someplace public. And I figured I wouldn't get caught there at the time. And um, then just two months later, someone posted it and... Then I get all these emails and stuff to be doing all these things I wanted to do with my life, like be in magazines or do appearances and stuff like that. And it's just like it just completely changed my life. I went from being in college and hating my life and wondering what I was missing to finding where I really belonged. It was great. Wow, That's amazing. And because you were, quote, slut shamed, you know, (laughs) high school slut for being a a normal human who had desires. uh, Do you feel a sense of... um, kind of wanting to use your platform to speak up for that cause? Yeah, I mean, I I always tell people I've had a lot of girls hit me up and stuff and they think I'm so like courageous and just amazing for doing something that I didn't even think like I didn't 
think that it was going to turn into anything. So I just always tell them, like, you know, do whatever you want, because if you're living your life worrying what other people are going to say, then you're not living your life for yourself. And everyone wants to be happy and everyone has different things that make them happy. So it doesn't make sense for people to shame someone for doing something that makes them happy if they, the other person doesn't like it. It's just it's ridiculous. And a lot of people, they hold so much of their emotions on what other people say. And it's just it's not what you should be doing. Yeah, so. it's paralyzing, isn't it? No matter yeah. what you do. It's like if we're constantly worrying what other people think, because we can't please everyone, right? Yeah. We'll never do that. So we may as well try to please ourselves and then just do the best we can, you know, to be good people to others. Yeah, I mean, and this is 2017. People can go on their phone and talk crap to you all day and not have a backbone at all. Like, you can't hold your life and do what you want to do with them, like, with them talking to you like that. You can't, like, care what they say. Yeah, so true. That's really brilliant advice. So I have some of the top fantasies. Obviously, everybody's different, right? Like, we all have our own. They change throughout life. And I would love to hear with each one, kind of your take, and then also, you know, is this something that you find in your work that that people want to see? And the Mm -hmm. first one is uh, sex with another man. This doesn't mean, obviously, that you're dissatisfied with your sex life, says Dr. Hilda Hutchison, who's a clinical professor of obstetrics and gynecology at Columbia University, and she wrote this book called Pleasure. But she says, if you're desiring sex with another man when you're in another relationship, it's totally fine. You probably are just excited by new experiences and sexy imagery, which is great, yeah. right? So is that a fantasy you relate to? Uh, most definitely. I'm in an open relationship right now, and it's completely normal for your significant other to want somebody else. It doesn't mean that you want to be with them forever. You don't want to have a relationship. Like, a relationship is different than just sex. And um, luckily, in my relationship, we um, have those values, and we allow each other to explore our sexuality and have fun without um, holding a grudge or being jealous about it. And one of my DVDs actually is a whole story of my boyfriend liking to watch me with other people and wanting me to have sex with other people. And it was just really cool to like live that fantasy out in porn. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You probably really love that too. What a cool gift. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So another is menage toi. And lots of articles suggest that most men dream of that. But actually, all genders do. Women totally think about that as well. And we are generally less likely to discuss it because, again, we're more shamed for this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you find to be popular as well? You're going to have to explain that fancy word to me. So well, I've that, heard it, but... That's like the threesome in French. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know that now. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like that's something that everybody wants and should experience in their lifetime, whether it be two girls and one guy or my favorite, two guys and one girl. Um, I think it's definitely normal. It's probably one of the most popular fantasies, I would say, is wanting to have a threesome. And it's a lot of fun. It's like, why wouldn't it be more fun adding another person? You get more experience, more fun things to do. And I love it. And how would you suggest somebody go about pursuing one if they have not done this before and they're in like a really exclusive, maybe a very vanilla relationship? How do you Mm -hmm. find that third person? Um, I definitely think communication is key. Um, 
and my early relationship before I even became library girl or anything, I actually was trying to get tag teamed, as you would call it, multiple times. Like I was desperately trying to get two guys at once because it was something I fantasized about a lot. And I did get shamed by my friends a lot because I liked this one guy and we went on vacation together with another person. It just kind of happened that way. And then I got kind of drunk and um, tried for both of them at once, but it, things just didn't work out. And I got um, a lot of hate from my friends because they're like, well, didn't you like that one guy? Why wouldn't you want to do it with just him? But it's like when the opportunity comes along, if it does, you should definitely take it because it's not every day that you have threesomes. And um also, like, if you feel like you actively want to try and find two guys, like, don't feel ashamed about it. Everyone wants more in their life and in their sex life, so. Sure. And to shake things up, you know, yeah. to try something new and have adventure. I love it. Mm-hmm. Domination is also really popular. There was a study conducted at Notre Dame uh, and the University of Texas that showed over 62% of women fantasize about some type of force from a man. Mm-hmm. Um, being more the submissive one themselves. Yeah. Does that resonate with you? Yeah. (laughs) I love a man who's in control. And the reason why I feel like people are so shy towards this is all the um, hate that it's getting with like Fifty Shades of Grey and all these feminists are like, this is like not okay. But like, obviously, if you're consenting to it, it is okay for them to do whatever you want in the bedroom. Like, even if you think that it crosses lines, if that's what you want, then you should be able to get that. But um, I definitely feel like it's so normal for a woman to want to feel like a man has control. Like, it's such a desire. It's just like a feeling that you get of being submissive and stuff. It's it's great. Especially if you have a lot of pressure in your life, I think. Like, if yeah. you're a really high-powered executive or you just have a lot of stress, to not have to think about it and yeah. to just be like, just throw me against the wall or just whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that for sure. And and we've talked about Shades of Grey, too, and it's like, I know that that has given the impression to some people that that is what healthy, quote-unquote, healthy BDSM is supposed to be, but it's not, right? That was yeah. like an abused, tortured soul and just a completely different representation. Yeah, I mean, everyone has their reasons, but consent is a huge thing. And I think that there's a difference between BDSM and rape and people don't understand that. They think that these girls are being abused and that they don't know what they're getting themselves into. But in reality, it's what they truly desire. Sure. And then a lot of women also love to be the dominant one as well. Um, I interviewed a dominatrix recently, She's six foot five. She's a giantess, <laughs> a dominatrix, goddess Severa, who's amazing. And it's interesting. A lot of guys fantasize about mm-hmm. being ruled over, too. Is that something people have asked you to do or you've done in films? Oh, all the time. I haven't um, really done it in films, but I don't really get into those kind of films. But it is completely normal. Like people that don't really want to do that, they don't think it's normal, but it's so normal for some people. It's what they crave, what they desire, and I don't judge at all. So like, if a guy wants to be dominated, that's cool with me. Um, I think it's completely normal for a guy to feel that, and they shouldn't be shamed for it. Amen. I so agree. Another common fantasy is for a straight woman to have fantasies about having sex with a woman. And Lesbian porn is really popular. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's actually one of the most popular among women, and it might be because it's so woman pleasure focused, yeah. do you think? Yeah. Um, is that something that comes up in your work, too? Yeah, definitely. I do a lot of girl-girl scenes, or I play around with a lot of girls. Um, when I was younger, I used to say I could never be lesbian because I like, um, you know, like, dick so much I don't know what I can say on here but you could say anything yeah so I was just like I was like no 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 I don't like that and then I sort of like 
I just became more open with my sexuality and I was like wanting to try it and then hooked up with a girl for the first time and didn't really know what I was doing. But when you're hooking up with a girl, you more like girls know what girls like. And it's not like when you're with a guy and he just wants to get his and be done with it. Like girls really, they take time. It's sensual. It's fun and stuff like that. I feel like a lot of girls crave that. And because it's like so naughty, they think that it's wrong for girls to like each other. But it's it's probably one of the funnest things that I've ever experienced besides getting tag teamed. Sure. Yeah. No, that's great to hear. And you're right. I think everyone can learn from those yeah. kinds of interactions, right? Yeah. And because and, like you said, women know women's bodies and, and that can be really powerful. Yeah. And you can like spend time like doing what makes you feel good and you can even find out what things that you like that you wouldn't with a guy because you'd be more worried about like making him happy and stuff like that. Interesting. So it could yeah. be super empowering. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So we have a question from a listener that our um, resident sex and relationship expert, Dr. Megan Fleming, is going to answer. And then I'd love to hear your thoughts, too. It okay. ties into what we're talking about. This question comes from Anne, who wrote this. I started reading erotica over the past year, which is, wow, so hot. It made me realize that I don't let myself fantasize very much. Or if I do, I feel guilty and snap out of them. Even though rationally, I don't see a problem. Recovering Catholic, if you know what I mean. I think I think I'm nervous that if I fantasize about real guys versus fictional, it's somehow cheating on my boyfriend. Does this kind of thing happen a lot? It really has me thinking. Such a great question, Anne. Here's what Dr. Megan had to say. Anne, I just love, love your question. Um, you know, coming from a Catholic myself, um, I can appreciate that so often we were, in a sense, taught to feel guilty. Um, and I can certainly recall for myself thinking, I don't think that thing I'm doing even is bad. It didn't feel bad, but I was taught that it was bad. And so, you know, I think it's fantastic and really awesome that, um, you know, recovering or not in a sense from your faith, but that this is an opportunity for you to be like, how do I explore pleasure and what my turn-ons are? And I think fantasy is an amazing way of exploring what turns you on and speaks to you so that you even have an inkling of what you might want to try on in real life. I mean, my expression often is red light, yellow light, green light. So whether it's reading erotica or watching it, it's like people typically know pretty quickly, does it resonate? Does it, is it a turn on? And if so, it's green and keep going. If it's yellow and maybe it's a little out of your comfort zone and it's a little edgier, you know, if you hang out with it, does it go green or, you know, does it go red, you know, like unconsensual experiences or whatever you might be sort of potentially come across if you're scanning, uh, sort of, or browsing erotica on the internet. So, what I think is so amazing here is that it's an opportunity here now in this moment for you to really embrace your sexuality and your capacity to feel pleasure in your body. Because I personally believe that feeling pleasure in our bodies is a God-given and universal right of every human being soul on earth. So, you know, just go with your bad self, explore your fantasy. And then to, to sort of address the second part of your question, that, you know, there's a part of you that imagines if you fantasize about real guys or perhaps guys in your life versus fictional. Uh, it, again, it gets a sense of cheating on your boyfriend. Um, and, and this is where, again, it goes back to that guilt thing. It's like you have to ask yourself, if I'm fantasizing about a guy, does that in any way hurt my partner or me, right? Because if the answer is no, 
then we shouldn't be feeling guilty, right? Healthy guilt is if you say, do I feel bad? You know, you may not even intended to make somebody feel bad, but then you realize after the fact, oh my gosh, I didn't mean that. You feel bad and you feel like you've hurt someone. If you've hurt someone, you should feel guilty. And then we should do the healthy thing, which is own it, take responsibility, um, and sort of make that repair. And, you know, my sense is fantasizing about guys in no way is hurting probably you or your partner, but the other part of your question, and I think is important to address is, you know, I think fantasy, especially sexually, um, is a tool in a toolbox, right? If something like the phone ringing or, um, you know, you're thinking about the laundry or, you know, that the, the ceiling needs to be painted, if you're distracted and you're not in an erotic space, then I think fantasy can be an amazing tool to sort of flip your mind back to erotic places. It's a, it's a quick go-to. Um, but then from my perspective, it, it's your go-to to get to the erotic space to then be present with your partner, your boyfriend. So to me, the only time to be concerned about fantasy is in a sense if you feel like you need it to be aroused or turned on by your partner or that you're not able to be present in the moment with your partner. That to me would say, you know what, mm, I think it might be problematic in some way, and it's certainly worth exploring. So I really hope that answers your question. And as always, uh, love to hear how it goes. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. Everyone, check her out at greatlifegreatsex.com. Kendra, what would you say to somebody who's experiencing shame around their fantasies? Um, I think it's kind of hard for me considering I'm atheist, so I definitely feel like me and her would think completely differently. Um, but like the doctor was saying, if you're um, if you need that fantasy to be aroused by your partner, then you probably shouldn't be with your partner. Um, also, I feel like in a relationship, what cheating is, is lying to your partner or not communicating with them. I think if you're in a relationship and it's a good one, you should feel comfortable to go to your partner and be like, hey, I've been having these fantasies. Um, this kind of like really turns me on and I really enjoy it. Like, what do you think? You should be able to go to your partner and tell them what you enjoy and what you want and them to be accepting of it. And if they're not accepting of it, then maybe you shouldn't be with them because this is obviously something you fantasize and you want. So I think that if you have the right partner, you should be able to tell them about your fantasies and for them to be accepting of it. I love that. Yeah, really good points. And you probably have had to navigate that quite a bit in an open relationship. At the beginning, did you did you go into the relationship knowing that or was that something you guys decided together? How'd that work? No, um, we've been together for a year and a half now and um, we both have never had open relationships before this and it started off in the first few months. It was just us. Um, we were monogamous and then we would like talk about, see, like he would come to me with his fantasies and I would come to him with mine and we would talk about it when we were hooking up and stuff and it'd be really, really hot. And then we slowly took the next step to messaging other people about sex while we were hooking up. And then it was messaging other people about sex when we weren't hooking up. So we got, we took baby, baby steps to make ourselves comfortable with it. Eventually leading up to, I allowed him to have sex with someone without me even there. Um, and that was honestly, it was really hard for me. It's, I'm not going to say that it's easy. And I just turned off my brain and was like, whatever. But, um, it's a lot of talking myself through it because jealousy, everyone feels jealous, but not everyone needs to act on it. 
Um, Because it can really control your life, jealousy, and it's not fun. Um, I just kept telling myself that he loves me. He wants to be with me. He's still sexually attracted to me, but he's just human. He wants other people. He wants to experience new things. And when I allowed him to do that, he looked at me differently. Like, he loved me more because I allowed him to explore something that didn't affect our relationship, was fun for him, and he came back to me and was all, like, happy and stuff like that. Mm. So it's a slow process. I would not say that you can just jump into an open relationship relationship because it's a lot of mental things you have to work through but if you're committed I mean it's been like a year now and I'm I'm totally fine with him doing other things he's fine with me doing other things so and do you tell each other each time or is is that not a boundary that you need to have no I mean communication is the number one thing in a relationship regardless if you're open or not and that's sad because a lot of relationships will lack communication you're scared to talk to your partner or you don't say the things that you really want to say so um, as long as we communicate with each other he texts me first and like asks me if it's okay or we talk about it first before it happens and it's not like oh a surprise like oh you just hooked up with someone I had no idea about it Um, we definitely communicate first that comes first yeah that's so key and like you said regardless of the relationship style you know we did a um, episode on monogamy and one on non-monogamy and to me it's like you do what works best for you, yeah. you know? And like you said, you took steps and it turned out that you both were enjoying those steps. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then you talk about it and maybe you decide you don't want that kind of relationship or maybe one of you does and, you know, it's it's always that communication and trust and keeping things flowing and being connected with your own desires too. Yeah, you have to put yourself first sometimes. Like if your partner doesn't want that and it's something that you want, then as much as you love your partner, you have to live your life for you. Yeah, amen. Really yeah. well said. And do you get pleasure out of knowing that he's getting pleasure elsewhere? I've heard people say that before in like polyamory, for example. Um, yeah, I definitely a lot of times like I get off to it and at the beginning I I like really bothered me. But I would kind of like trick myself into getting off to it. I would masturbate and ask details. So I'd read the details and masturbate to it to where then it like made it something positive. So now when he goes off and hooks up with someone else, I get turned on by it automatically. Mm, that's really smart. Yeah. I know that a lot of people who are in monogamous relationships, when they hear about open relationships, they often wonder like, well, how do you know if that person is going to just fall in love with that person? Yeah. Or, and is that something that you just sort of um, stay open to that you're concerned about? Or do you do both of you keep boundaries? Is that one of your goals to preserve your own intimacy together? Um, I'd say definitely like we're not at a point where we can have other relationships with other people. I know that we might end up getting to that one day. But for now, I kind of find comfort in the fact that he just wants to hook up with them and doesn't want anything else. Um, So that definitely comforts me. And um you know, that's kind of the risk that you take every single day, whether it's a coworker that they have or someone they randomly meet on the street. There's always the fear that they will find somebody better than you. But it's mostly just a fear made up in our own head. Like, it's not like your partner actually wants to leave you. They just want to hook up with someone else. But in your head, you could be like, wow, they really want that person. Like, do they still want me? Like, am I still good enough for them? But it's you have to realize that a lot of these things are made up in your own head. It's not how your partner truly feels. So sometimes it's insecurity that has nothing to do with them, but yeah. everything to do with you and maybe some self-work you need to do. Yeah, you should definitely be confidence. confident in yourself and like in your relationship to know that they really want you 
And like a lot of times I know that there's other girls out there, there's other girls in the industry that are hot and stuff like that, but we have a relationship, we have, you know, like a family, we have three cats and Mm -hmm. we just like, we have a life together and it's kind of silly for me to think that he would drop all of that for a person that he just only hooked up with. Mm -hmm. So you really have to think that it's all in your head. Sure. And did he also struggle a bit knowing that you were with other guys? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely couldn't say that he didn't. Um, he takes it a lot better than me, actually. I feel like he's a lot more open than me. But um, I think that he did the same thing where he would masturbate to it and then he would, it would turn him on, like he would get off to it. But I'm sure that it was hard for him at times. And now that I shoot porn and stuff like that, it's, he had to be okay with that and um, give me the green light to do porn and everything. So... And I love that you said that you get pleasure and masturbate to each other's details, which I think can be done whether you are in an open relationship or not, because you could talk about your fantasies, right? Like you could do the play by play. And because there are a lot of fantasies we never want to act on, but we just love to live them in our heads. Do you have any that you fantasize about that you haven't acted on? Yeah, um, I mean, I definitely fantasize about having more than one person at a time. I've had two and um, I've had three at once, but I fantasize about more. I fantasize about being dominated and all of like the regular stuff that people fantasize about. But um, it's definitely some of the hottest moments are when we're in bed and we talk about our fantasies and get off to it. It's, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. And a lot of times when we're turned on and we talk about things in the moment, it sounds really hot. But out of the moment, like there's a lot of things that we wouldn't do. So like we talk about it when we're turned on. But afterwards, I know that it's kind of like things that we wouldn't end up doing. Even like practical stuff, like it would sound really awesome to have sex in the middle of the street. And then you get out in the middle of the street and you're like, (laughs) yeah, it's hard and scratchy and my butt hurts. Yeah, (laughs) Like it might not be that romantic. It sounds fun. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, The study I mentioned earlier also showed that a top fantasy for women is in within this context was um, sex with your uh, spouse or partner, which is my favorite too. I think it's whether other people are involved or not. I love and I won't say too much because I'll totally embarrass him, but I like thinking about <laughs> him within it, you know, either mm-hmm. there or watching or participating in some way. I think it's such a beautiful way to strengthen your intimacy and to also fuel the relationship because you're having these new experiences with your partner who you may have been with for a year or 10 years or however long. Yeah. Um, do you fantasize about your partner often? Yeah, I mean, I definitely do. Um, it helps that he's attractive and has a nice sized dick, so that helps a lot. But um, I do fantasize a lot about us doing things like that are naughty or even just him. It kind of helps. A lot of times I'll find myself thinking about him with other women. And I feel like it just helps me um, be okay with it. And a lot of times I think about us. Um, it's kind of just normal, you know? Yeah, yeah. What's the last fantasy that you did decide to act on? Um, I'd say it was an orgy that happened. We had a a housewarming party kind of because we just moved down here. And then it kind of just turned into that. That's what happens when you have a party full of porn stars. (laughs) It's like just how it goes. How many people? Um, probably like 10. The party was probably like 20 people, but... I kind of initiated it. I um, turned, took my shirt off and turned it into a no shirt party. And then um, like half the people that weren't down for it left. And the other half, we kind of just like we had fun for hours and it was really cool. It was That's different. Awesome. That's when I had three at once as well. So okay, so you yeah. you did tried many new things. Yeah, and it was cool that my partner was there. Like um, I know that there was a girl there that he had been wanting for a while. So I kind of like pushed them together at first, 
um, which was it was really cool to give him that. It was I knew that he really wanted it, and it was just it was fun in the context, and so um, it was fun to just like look over like as I'm you know fooling around and like, see him fooling around and everyone else. It was a lot of fun. Memories that you can fantasize about. Yeah. <laughs> and what does your family or your loved ones think about your career? Um, they're really cool, actually, since the beginning, the whole library thing. Um, they found out about webcaming before the library thing, so we had time to kind of, like, argue about it. And they were upset. They saw a different life for me. But I kind of explained to them that this is my life. This is what I want to do. This is how I feel. This is the person that I am. And luckily, my family still loves me. Like, I'm very, very lucky to have family like that because it doesn't always happen like that. And um, they're really cool. My mom always texts me, always asks what I'm up to and stuff. And she knows about porn. She knows about everything. So So do you tell, like, if you do a shoot, do you tell her the details? Does she want to know that kind of stuff? Yeah. um, Back when I lived up in Oregon, when I traveled to go do things, she would always ask and at first, I didn't tell her. I was like, I'm doing a photo shoot. And she's like, can I see some of the pictures? And I was like, uh, later. And then she's like, well, can I have details? And I was like, mom, we'll talk about it when I get home. And then she was like, uh, why? And I was like, oh, we'll talk about it when I get home. And then she's like, what are you doing? So I told her I was doing porn. And honestly, like, she was really upset because I said for months that I would never do porn. And at the time, I really meant it when I said it to her. And it was just something inside of me changed. It was a fantasy of ours that we would talk about when we were hooking up to um to get into porn and I always fantasized when I was younger even about having a professional like do things to me because I know that they would do it right Mm -hmm. and so that just became a fantasy of ours and we decided to act on it and so when I got into porn she was a little upset but like I'm really lucky with my family they love me no matter what and they're always there for me and there's a lot of them so that's good that that's huge that's part of the reason you have such a good head on your shoulders like you seem pretty mature about things and have confidence and it really helps to have that support network yeah it really does like I could not imagine my parents being disowning me or not wanting to to talk to me after it, which does happen a lot in the industry, and it's really sad, but mm-hmm. it's just people living their life the way that they want to. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what are your biggest goals moving forward? Um, I definitely, now that I'm Vixen Angel of the Year, I have a full year of a bunch of scenes, a lot of girl-girl, a lot of fun things. I'm really excited about that, and um, just, I don't know, just continuing to do what I want. I don't really have a plan. I never even planned that I would do this and I just kind of go with life the way that it goes because I've experienced life taking a complete turn and just changing my entire future and I just go with it now. Yeah, some of the best ventures happen that way, yeah. I feel like. Like Girl Boner did. I started with just, I just wanted to write about something about sex on my blog and it was yeah. just like, I didn't know the path, but when you put yourself out there and you go with your gut and you just feel that sparkle inside, you're like, I'm just going to go. Yeah. It's a direction and then it can take you all over the place. Yeah. I mean, you're doing a really great thing. There's a lot of women out there that I know feel insecure or like confused about the way that they feel and for you to be on here and tell them that it's normal and like all of us are feeling that way. I think it's really empowering for women. Thank you. I so appreciate that. Tell us how people can get in touch with you, learn more about your work. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on Twitter at KS Library Girl and Instagram at the Real Kendra Sunderland. Um, if anyone wants to hit me up, has questions or needs advice or anything, totally free, feel free to do it. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much for being here. I wish you all the best. Thank you for having me. If y'all are enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you subscribe on iTunes if you haven't and leave us a simple review while you're there. You can also find all kinds of extras on my blog. There'll be a link uh, to Kendra's site as well there. You can find it at augustmcloughlin.com or girlboner.org. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. <laughs>